Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are here with a Chelsea season review being joined by Stephen Clark, who you can find on Twitter at Stephen Clark CFC. Uh, it's been a while since uh, we've had you on, so glad to have you on here at the death to discuss what was a very strange season for Chelsea, ups and downs, sorry, in and out, uh, hazard contract situations. It was just a very strange one, but in the end, you make it to two finals, one still pending, you still finish top four. What did you make of this crazy season on the whole? Yeah, well, th- thanks for having me back, Kevin. It's good to be back. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, it's been a bit of a bit of a wacky, wild season from, from the get-go, really. Um, I mean, sorry, incoming seemed like a, like a really, really inventive, innovative, whatever that word is, choice. <laughs> and it's kind of been a, a wacky ride since then, you know, with things, players playing out of position and, you know, players playing a whole different style of football to what we're used to seeing at Chelsea. So it's um, the ups and the downs have been, <laughs> have been quite hectic. I think that um, I've felt, I've felt annoyance and sadness and I've also felt real joy this season. So it's um, been a real topsy turvy one. It's been hard to kind of gauge what the, what the entire fandom has been thinking. Cause there has been a lot of, a lot of, uh, I guess, disagreement between the Chelsea fans ourselves. Um, but overall, you've got to say it's a, it's a positive one, I guess. Um, over, we've succeeded at what we set out to do at the start of the season, which has reached top four. And um, we've reached two finals with, a, with the possibility of bringing home um, European silverware. <laughs> you can't really complain too much, though it does seem like, um, like the overall attitude maybe and the, or the mood of the club has come down, which is um, definitely interesting. Yeah, it's it's been a bit of an odd one, and we'll get into kind of all the layers of that here in a second. But if you had to give uh, a letter grade to Chelsea's season on the year, what would it be? Yeah, I, I guess I'd have to go like a B minus. Honestly, I I think that I think that we've done we've done kind of a little bit better than I would have expected going into this year. I, I expected fourth spot, and I and I expected one final. We've reached two finals, and we've finished third. So I guess we've exceeded what I kind of had been thinking was was the logical finish for us this year yeah as we've mentioned ups and downs for sure this season but what would you say was the high point and the low point of Chelsea's campaign thus far because as we mentioned uh still a Europa League final to go yeah um I I guess the high point has been um has been the, the kind of the bigger moments. So, so something that stick, sticks out for me as, as a fan, <laughs> you're not going to like this, Kevin. But was the was the uh, winning shootout against Spurs in the uh, semi final of the of the Carabao I have Cup? No recollection of that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course not. How convenient. Um, no, it was um, it was it was it was it was great. You know, we um, I really thought we were not going to win that semi final, and I thought we we're going to set you guys up for a final. 
And um, as usual, Chelsea beat Spurs in a in a semi final. So yeah, in a domestic <laughs> cup a... competition, shocking. <laughs> <laughs> How weird. Um, yeah, so that was one of the high points. I, I think also um, a lot of the a lot of the kind of last gasp things this season. There's been a few, like the Barkley goal against Manchester United um, at home in the last minute of the game, last kick of the game, and there was also um, the two last minute goals. Um, Scored by Azpilicueta and Loftus-Cheek against uh, Watford, I think. Correct me on that if I'm wrong. Um, But, yeah, that just happened recently. Um, So there has been some kind of big fist-pumping-inducing moments. And getting into the Europa League final also was was great as well, winning that shootout. Um, In terms of the low point, I think uh, for me it's it's quite obvious the actual low point was the 6-0 loss to City Um, for a couple of reasons. One, it was at a point where... It seemed like we were doing all right. Um, we were kind of finding our feet, and it was, and we just kind of needed to get through the next couple of games. And I think that we would have had a lot of a stronger bid for top four going into those into the final stretch of the season already. Wouldn't have had to stress too much, but um, and also just the fact that Chelsea historically, well, at least in the Abramovich era, haven't really ever been smashed by a big top six team. We've never really had that experience, so. Um, we, we've usually been the ones inflicting the six nils, so that's what we're used to. Um, we've lost games before, and, we, and we've lost where it felt like a six nil. Um, but this this was um, this was quite humbling to see the the old six zero um, against against Manchester City, as we've seen them rise in the last few years and kind of seen the decline of Chelsea. Unfortunately, that was a definite low point. Yeah, very understandable. That six nil felt like it kind of came out of nowhere too, um, but. <laughs> there you go. I think Aguero hat trick on the day. Just yeah, probably not what people would have expected uh, when they turned on that match uh, right before it started. Um, a lot of drama this year at Chelsea. Pretty inarguable. Mentioned at the top, there was sorry chance, both positive and negative, within like the first five to ten weeks of the season. Um, I do think it's surprising that we never got to see the style of football that he played at Napoli. Maybe it was a player's issue um, in terms of not having the right ones, not uh, an actual issue with the players, although the whole Kepa situation was very strange. Um, but just curious <laughs> to get your thoughts on Sarri's year, because there's already rumors this that this may have been his first and last. Um, were you impressed by, by what he was able to accomplish with all these issues going on, or are you on the camp that maybe it's just not working out and, and it's time to already look elsewhere? Yeah, no, I've I've definitely been one of those fans who have backed Sorry throughout the year. I think that I think it's pretty pretty ridiculous to to kind of have a to look at this season overall with a level head and say that he's done badly. I I think that there have been decisions that he's made that I haven't agreed with. There have been there have been certainly um, a tactical naivety that I think is is um, unacceptable. But at the same time, it's the same kind of mistakes that Guardiola made in his first season. It's the same mistakes that Klopp made in his first season. You know, they, these coaches, they need to learn kind of um, how to, how to see out games, how to win games um, in this league and kind of what gets thrown at them. And I think that in a maiden year, um, these kind of mistakes are acceptable. And I think fans need to be stopping so reactionary, um, especially at Chelsea, there seems to be this culture of if you haven't won anything, then you're not good enough. You're not good enough for us, and this kind of elitist mentality, um, without kind of seeing the overall picture of like why the success of Manchester City has come, and the, the success of especially someone like Liverpool or Tottenham, um, 
it's come through patience and it's come through um, developing a, a sense of identity and a style at the club. And I think that this is something that Chelsea has really has really lacked in in this iteration or this generation. Um, we've kind of been a, a slightly a slightly worse version of our 05, 04 iterations. Um, and yeah, I, I've 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 enjoyed. I've enjoyed um, a lot of a lot of what Sarri's brought to the club. This kind of um, this this forward this forward football mentality. Um, I know a lot of people say that you know the passing sideways and that sort of thing, but I think I think that that comes down to a player's place perspective. I think you need to have the kind of players that are looking to go forward all the time, and especially at Chelsea, an issue in our midfield has been that we've had a, a lack of players who are willing to break the lines and run forward. And um, this is why the the introduction of Ruben Loftus Cheek to the side has been just just a such a surge of, of electricity and power, <laughs> and this guy just is perfect. He's tailor made for for a Surrey system for any forward any forward playing system. He's he's really, in my opinion, he's everything that people think or want Paul Pogba to be. <laughs> so I think it's gonna be interesting to see how he does in the next couple next couple seasons. But yeah, I'm definitely willing to give Surrey another go. Um, that being said, I think there is a good counter argument to be made that if we are sticking with the players that we have and we do have the transfer ban and we're not ready to trust the youth yet because there's been no evidence to suggest that the club is willing um, or the coaches are willing, um, then maybe there is an argument that we can get someone better out there who is more suited to get the best out of these players because I think that the current squad that we have right now um, would just do would be similar, if not even worse next year yeah is that just kind of like the perpetual older crop of players versus younger that seems to have been waged at Chelsea for like the last decade yeah 100% yeah um the it's all it's also not not just the age because I I don't like to think of myself as like an ageist kind of fan I I think that you know I think that people like David Luiz still have a really important place in this team um despite his age and I think that I'm happy that we've given him this new contract um but unfortunately, there's these kind of players who just—they're not goal scorers. They're not energetic or as, as athletic as they used to be when they're in their in their youth. Um, and I think that we just need to be looking elsewhere. Even players, for example, like Aspilicueta, who is one of my all-time favorite Chelsea players. I think I, I just love what, everything the guy does. I just don't think that this current iteration of the side um, or this current tactics that we're playing right now really suit his game. And Unfortunately, that just means that he needs to be phased out. Football is a harsh sport, and there's really no space for loyalty, or like at least um, to players who are on the decline or just don't fit the system anymore. Yeah, Espelicueta, although did play uh, what a full season for the second straight year, which is pretty pretty dang impressive. Uh, you mentioned Louise yeah. there also uh, as perhaps having a, a longer term. Uh, role there especially if if uh, sorry doesn't indeed stay would, would he be part of your uh player of the year conversation or does that have to start and end with Eden Hazard yeah it it, it starts and ends with Eden Hazard in, in my view the, the guy just is incredible I think he was involved in 49 percent of our goals this season which is just ridiculous it's yeah crazy weirdly, numbers Solomon um, Rondon was the only player that was close <laughs> that is that's is an interesting one actually Solomon Rondon <laughs> Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I think, I think David Lewis has had a, has had a super solid year. I think that, um, people like to highlight the mistakes that he makes, um, the errors, which, you know, he definitely has a tendency to do. I can't defend that. Um, but I think that the overall good that he does for the team is far outweighs kind of the, the odd, 
one in every four games mistake or one in every five even. Yeah, if there was a young player of the year, would it be um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek who did finally seem to force his way into the squad? Yeah, um, so the official young player of the year at Chelsea was um, uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi. And um, I think that was... Really? Um, yeah, I think that was a. I think it was an interesting choice. <laughs> um, I feel like that's I, a. Do you want to stay? <laughs> an award I feel like choice. that's definitely. A, yeah, you can win this award and you can sign the new contract. Um, yeah, D- depends, I guess, what what their classification of young player is. Because um, if you know, Raheem Sterling's twenty four and wins young player, I'm pretty sure Ruben Loftus Cheek at twenty three is is also mm. eligible. Keepers in um, that age as well, yeah. and he's he's had some pretty big impacts at times. Yeah, definitely has, definitely has. I think he's been really good. Um, but for me, this is another pretty much straight out victory for me in Ruben Loftus Cheek. I just think this guy is incredible. <laughs> he's generally such a delight to watch. The guy is he's such a unique type of player. This tall, strong, fast, like, but also extremely technical player. Um, this is the type of player that I just don't think I've seen at Chelsea. Um, realistically, even someone like Lampard didn't really ever have the the kind of um, dribbling technical ability that, that Ruben has, or um, I guess the closest thing is maybe like a Michael Ballack um, back in the day. That, that's how highly I think of this guy. Um, I think that he's had an amazing season. He's been forced to play off the bench, but his goal scoring numbers, you know, um, for what he's been given is just ridiculous. And I, I really, really expect and hope him to be in the first 11, the starting 11 from straight away from the get-go next season, no excuses. Um, he's had the back injury, which has troubled him, but that seems to be over now. So fingers crossed. Yeah, there could be some outgoings that make it even easier for him to lock down that spot, but we'll talk about that in a second as we kind of continue through the superlatives. Uh, what would you say was the best goal of the season for Chelsea? A lot of people uh, would, would point to Hazard's goal versus Liverpool, which obviously I absolutely loved. Um Though I do see the the uh, counter argument that it was against people like Alberto Romano, Alberto Moreno, and against Summon Miguelay. Um For me, it was the goal against West Ham. That was just incredible, running straight through the defense. Straight, through. I don't think I've I've seen a goal like that where he just goes straight through a defense, like pretty much runs in a straight line. Um, I think I think every single touch of the ball was like a deliberate touch. There was no ricochet off any any player and just the speed, the control, and then like the finish as well. Just the, it, it never seemed in doubt as you're watching it back. You're just like, yeah, I knew that was going to happen, <laughs> which is crazy to say. Yeah, absolutely fair. Um, now let's get back into kind of some team building stuff. You mentioned the transfer ban before. Um, so before we get into specific ins and outs, are you confident at all that the uh, appeal to, I think it's Cass, is that the one that's left? Yeah, Cass yeah. Is, left. <clears throat> is there any hope that they'll overturn it? And if not, how do you think you'll handle this summer? Obviously, Pulisic already coming in, that's done before that happens. But would we even really see outgoings? Or do you think Chelsea would just kind of keep everyone, the younger players, the Williams and Pedros alike, just to kind of have enough bodies and not have to worry about uh, deals this summer? Yeah, uh, well, well, first of all, um, the, with, with the whole Cass situation, um, I am not the most uh, in person with with cast rules and what kind of what's going on with them. Um, but from prominent Ch- Chelsea Twitter people that I follow, it seems like like it is likely that it will be overturned. Um, but nobody kind of wants to say it out loud as not to jinx it. Um, uh, well, not overturned. Sorry, I mean um, frozen at least for the for this coming mm-hmm. summer. So that's um, 
the the problem is that we just we just don't know. Um, they could choose to make an example out of us because you know they have every right, seeing as this is not our first offence and it is a absolutely stupid decision that we've made as a club to to get ourselves in this point. Though I guess it is worth pointing out that Chelsea still fervently deny any wrongdoing, so that's interesting. Um, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, it really leaves us in an awkward position because we really don't know what we're going to be doing this summer. In in which case, because if it is going to be delayed, I think that it's quite obvious that we're going to disclose the cash. I think that we'll go after a big a big name um, to help replace Hazard. Even someone like a like a Griezmann is my would be one of my dream signings um, for Chelsea. Um, but if we if we do get this ban and it is upheld. Um, for this summer, I think that we're going to be looking, we're going to be looking in house, obviously at the at the loan army. I think it would be a great opportunity for for a lot of these guys to come back and prove that they are ready for the first team. And um, I think I do think that Sari, I think that he's shown enough for me to believe that he would give these guys a chance. Um, the unfortunate bit would be that I think we would retain the likes of the Williams and Pedros. Um, probably realistically need to be moving on so we'd probably be stuck with them for another season which puts us in my opinion at risk of not making top four which is obviously everything hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, it'll be definitely interesting to see what happens this summer. Obviously, the biggest name potentially on the, I was going to say shopping block, but that's not really the situation. Uh, is Eden Hazard, this mooted move to Real Madrid that we've heard about for the better part of the last five years, um, seems to be ever closer to actually happening. Um, regardless of what happens transfer ban-wise, do you think it's likely that he will exit the club this summer? Yep, so unfortunately, um, I think that ever since he's made the announcement a couple of days ago that he's made up his mind, I think that that only means one thing. I think that um, if he was going to sign the new contract, I think it probably would have been done by now. Um, as to get rid of the speculation ahead of the end part of the season. Um, so I, th- I think it's done. And to be fair, it, this guy deserves it. And I really hope that he does go on and win everything that he can at Real Madrid. I hope that he wins the Champions League. I hope that he, he becomes beloved over there as well because this guy this guy's given everything and he's been the consummate professional throughout his entire Chelsea career, even during the season where you know his name was kind of run through the dirt with um, Fabregas and Diego Costa under Mourinho's uh, last season at the club, um, he was practically injured that entire season and people take out of context how bad of a year he actually had. Um, the, the guy has been so such a great professional. He's 
you know, he's done the he's done the floating, but every every player does that, especially when you know you're talking about their their lifelong dream to play under Zidane at Real Madrid. He's going to flirt a lot. Um, it's never bothered me. He's he's always given his all for the for the badge, and I think that I think it's a real shame that he's going to be going. Obviously, um, I think it's going to be near on impossible to really replace him, let alone with the ban. Um, so yeah, I think that it's going to be a massive loss for the club, but he's going to go down as probably probably like the third best player we've ever had behind Frank and John, I'd say. Yeah, obviously accomplished a great deal while he was at Chelsea, especially in terms of the league. Um, what was what that, three for him? Uh, just the two. Just, just the, the two. two. Got it. Uh, still very impressive uh, since joining there. I will forever bemoan the fact that he had already agreed contracts with both Tottenham and Chelsea before that, uh, was that 2013 Champions League final? 2012, 2012, yeah. yeah. And he was like, whoever wins, I go to. And it wasn't us. <laughs> but uh, Thank you, Drogba. Yeah, right. But in the end, uh, obviously, he was a fantastic servant for Chelsea. And in up years and down. Um, and I think it's really cool that Sarri managed to get the best out of him in his last year. Um, just was, was an absolute force in the actual Premier League and, and for those that play fantasy. Um, definitely his best year in that avenue as well. It, it shouldn't be understated how good he was this year. He... Genuinely hit levels that I didn't even know was possible. And for the people that argue he doesn't score the goals that, you know, Messi or Ronaldo, even like a salad does, you just have to watch this guy for five minutes to see the quality. It's it's just brimming out of this guy. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Hopefully he can help uh, turn Madrid around. uh, And (laughs) apparently he will very immediately be replacing Bale who has had yet another (laughs) fight with Zidane. Um, (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, apparently a never-ending trend uh, there for them. Um, If if you are able to uh, make moves this summer, which players do you think would go? I mean, obviously Kovacic, um, there's very little chance that you would want to renew that loan with Barkley developing. You still have Jorginho and Conte. As we mentioned, you already have Loftus-Cheek trying to come through in a similar position. Um, which positions do you think you'd see outgoings? And if you're able to, which incomings do you think we'd see? Yeah, so um, I guess the, the important the important outgoings, I think, that need to be we need to be replaced are um, William and Pedro, which I've mentioned before. Um, both of them, you know, they've they've had their ups and downs at the club, and I think they'll both be remembered quite fondly. Um, the unfortunate truth is that they just don't score enough goals. Um, and in today's game, you you need goals from different parts of the field, and and if you look at statistically, that's just where we're we're really lacking. Um, the, these guys, they don't score more than kind of in six or seven goals a year, which just isn't good enough. Um, especially when we've been having recent years where we haven't had a striker to score goals either. So everything has kind of fallen onto Eden Hazard's shoes. Um, so those two would be important outgoings. Um, some people will probably hate me for saying it. I think that, I think that Alonso just needs to go. <laughs> I, every time I watch the guy play, he's, he's such an enigma, Marcus Alonso, because he was so good in, in the Antonio Conte year and he undoubtedly knows how to strike a football because <laughs> – I don't think I've ever seen a player quite as with quite as good volleying technique. <laughs> he just every single time hits the center of the ball, and every time it just it fizzes into a corner, or it'll, or it will just be hit with such pace and power. It's crazy. Um, but I just think he's he's not good enough going forward. He's not good enough going going backwards towards his own goal. Um, he gets exposed all the time whenever he plays. Um, and he's and for 
he's really actually hindered Hazard's game. I think Hazard would have had an even better season if um, Emerson had been playing from the start um, with a more naturally inclined attacking fullback because Alonso tends to drift inwards, which is a massive problem for us as it forces Hazard to stay out wide to keep the width. Um, so he's less effective going into the box. Um, yeah, in terms of outgoings, I guess that would that would kind of cover it. Obviously, um, Kovacic would be going back. I don't. It just he, at the start, it kind of looks like his um, his technical ability was going to be of use, but he just doesn't have an attacking <laughs> bone in his body. Really, <laughs> he he doesn't score goals. He doesn't assist goals. Um, he can't finish. And unfortunately, that's kind of what we're requiring from our midfielders at the moment. Um, so, yeah, that would pretty much cover it, I think. Um, then, yeah, I, I guess that's all the outgoings I would call for. Um, in terms of incomings, um, obviously, depends on the ban. I think that we could look at a left back. I think that's a position where we need to strengthen. Um, Emerson's good, but it doesn't seem like he's ever really going to be first choice, which is unfortunate. I think he could deserve a chance, but it doesn't look likely. Um, and the big one, the, the goal would be to get a would be to get a world class striker. Um, I think this is something that we've lacked for ever since Cost has gone. Um, you know, the the Jovic is the dream. <laughs> um, obviously, not very likely to happen. But um, yeah, even even if the ban is upheld, um, I think that Tammy Abraham is interesting to look at. And in that case, I would keep Higuain, despite him having a bit of a mixed season. Um, I think that I think that he could be useful, especially if we're alternating him and Tammy, um, and possibly even Bashaway if he comes back. But I guess we'll see with that. Um, and yeah, for, for the other guys that need to come into this team, in my opinion, Reese James needs to be in the team next season. Um, he's incredible, and um, even Kurt Zuma I would bring back and have as a rotation option um, as we kind of phase out the um, the likes of um, David Lewis. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see how you. Uh, approach the summer either way <laughs> although yeah. it'll be less uh less to cover if there is a transfer bit uh, that's certainly for sure um i realize this is a difficult question to ask a because we don't know the fate of all of that yet let alone sorry although i assume you think he is going to be there despite all these recent reports yeah, yeah, but I, I, I am under the assumption that he will be here next season, um, especially if he wins the Europa League. I think it's pretty much locked on then. Yeah, which it would be ridiculous if you won it and then you sacked him. Although Di Matteo won a Champions League, you didn't sack him until, what, like four months later? Anyway. Yeah, I mean, Rafa Benitez quite literally lost his job after the Europa League winning oh, it. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I suppose stranger things have happened. Um, but mm-hmm. if you wouldn't mind trying to make some way too early uh, predictions for 2019-20, or at least what the expectations will be uh, within the fan base. Yeah, so I think the expectations are uh, always at Chelsea quite high, and I, I think that I think that rightly it, we set them high. Um, I think that it's good to kind of set your expectations pretty high, and then then I guess uh, fail upwards in some ways. <laughs> so you're disappointed, but you still don't miss out on top four. I People may think it's crazy. I think that we should be gunning for the title next season. I think that <laughs> I, I, even even with the squad that we have, I just I just think that that should always be the objective for the club. Um, and then we kind of see where we go from there. Top four is essential. Um, I think that we need to, if we are going to be on this path, it's essential that we keep top four continuously each year. That's something we've struggled with in recent years is um, getting consecutive top four finishes. We kind of seem to finish in, then finish out, and 
kind of um that's really been the story of Chelsea over the last few years is um success and failure success and failure and no consistency so that's really what's important um I think that winning a trophy would go a long long way to helping Sari gain some credibility within the country and within the fan base um so that would be top of the agenda and I think it would be top of the agenda for Sari as well and also to maybe um get some European pedigree pedigree back um, next season in the Champions League would be good. Maybe, you know, obviously winning it is, or even getting to a final is unrealistic as an ambition. But um, I think it's it's good to have your kind of eyes set on the later stages with maybe knocking out one of the big teams to kind of gain some credib- credibility back. All right, well, we'll see if that does indeed come to pass. Uh, Stephen, an absolute pleasure getting to chat with you once more. Uh, why don't you tell the folks where they can find you over the summer? Yeah, perfect, guys. So um, you can find my ramblings on Twitter at Stephen Clark CFC. And um, occasionally I also write for the Londoners Blue podcast, guys, as well. Cool. Well, thanks again. And I'm sure we'll speak soon. Thanks, Kevin. See ya. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.